0: How can we, as healthcare practitioners, move from just providing disease management to providing true healthcare? That is the question, and this is the answer. Welcome to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast that helps you grow your practice and expand your skills as a practitioner. I'm Dr. Rita Marie Loscalzo, let's dive in. Welcome back to Reinvent Healthcare a podcast for health-minded people and professionals who are tired of the broken medical system, which doesn't offer full solutions when people are ailing. They just offer, you know what I mean? That symptom cover-up. We're into helping you as health professionals and as people seeking help with their own health solutions. Things that you can do to support yourself and your families and your patients to achieve optimal wellness. I'm Dr. Rita Marie Loscalzo, and we're going to talk about detoxification. And you probably hear a lot of things talking about detoxification. but Today, we're going to tie together detoxification, genetic SNPs, single nucleotide polymorphisms, along with lab testing. And then if some of these things are showing as potentially being imbalanced, then what can we do about it? So let's get started. We start out with looking at Genetic SNPs. And for those of you who are into the SNP world, single nucleotide polymorphisms, it's what we used to call defects. We don't call them genetic defects anymore. We call them variants. And uh, it's very important to note because you know the difference between blue eyes and brown eyes is a genetic SNP. And those of us with brown eyes would really not like it if you said we had a mutation that caused us to have brown eyes. Same thing if we did the opposite and said the same about blue eyes. So what we do is we call these things polymorphisms, single nucleotide polymorphisms. Another way you can call it is variants, just very different variations in genetics that make us all different from each other. And it's important to know as a health practitioner, because so much talk about genetic testing these days, so many new companies coming out with new and wonderful genetic testing. And I want you to understand it. It's going to take a long time to become an expert in this. And in my opinion, nobody's an expert in it right now because it's a new science. OK, I've studied it a lot, but I am by no means an expert. So today I want to talk about some of the genetic detoxification SNPs, the SNPs in the pathways that help us with detoxification. And face it, we all know detoxification is a critical function, especially in today's world. We have dirty air, we have dirty water, we have pesticides and additives and all kinds of stuff in food, we have naturally occurring toxins, and of course, we have the ones that the body produces. So let's go jump in and talk about some of the SNPs related to detoxification. Then we'll talk about ways that you can actually test someone to see if there are some variants out there that are actually causing their genetic pathways to be sluggish. And then we'll talk about what do you do to support, mainly the liver, but other organs do detoxification. We have phase one and phase two. So in terms of detoxification SNPs, we have a whole bunch of them in the CYP category, cytochrome P450. And those are phase one detoxification SNPs. And they have a role in detoxifying a lot of the environmental toxins. For example, CYP1A1, Detoxes heterocyclic amines. And where do you find those? Well, you find those in exhaust fumes from cars. You find those in gasoline when you're at the gas station pumping your gas. And you find them in charbroiled meat. There's all kinds of exposures there. The CYP1A2 detoxifies caffeine. And you might say, well, why does caffeine have to be detoxified? Well, because caffeine is toxic to the body. And the liver has to put it through some phases to make it less toxic to the body. Caffeine, you know, we find it in coffee, the most common, like 85% of the population drinks coffee and is addicted to it, by the way. Coffee, tea, black tea especially, but also a little bit in green tea. And then chocolate, a little bit in chocolate. We're exposed to this. And that pathway that detoxifies the caffeine also detoxifies estrogen in the body. Okay, it's one of the pathways that help detoxify estrogen. Actually, all of the CYP, CYP1A1, 1A2, 1B1, and 3A4, all of these are involved in estrogen metabolism and detoxification. So when we have SNPs in these areas, for example, the 1B1, that's involved with aflatoxin. Aflatoxin is a common toxin produced by molds on things like peanuts and also grains when they sit in those grain silos. So those are important ones. And there's also a lot of other toxins that go through these pathways that we find in our foods, in our pesticides, et cetera. So when we have these SNPs, or we find a patient that has these SNPs, we want to make sure that their liver is open and their detox pathways are open. And we talk about ways to do that. Um, there's another one, CYP2C9. It's involved in drug metabolism. Almost all the prescription drugs have to be detoxified. So there's CYP2C9, there's also CYP1D4, a bunch of others. And they're all involved with the drug metabolism, the monoamine oxidases, the dopamine, serotonin, all those pathways. We also have glutathione. Glutathione is the grandmother, mama of the detoxification enzymes of the substances. Glutathione is a major antioxidant. And if you have SNPs in this area, you may not be able to make and activate glutathione. We also have a bunch in the methylation area, and methylation pathways help to repair DNA and make DNA and activate genes and also to detoxify like steroid hormones in the body. So these are really important: MTHFR, MTRR, MTR, uh, MMAB, M U T, all of these are important. And when there's disruptions in these, we're going to have disruptions in the detoxification of those things. So the other thing that I look at all the time is there's a gene, a gene SNP called for detoxification initiation. What does that mean? Well, it means that when the liver detects something toxic, it has to initiate, oh, this is toxic. Let's get rid of it. And there's one called NR1I2 which is that initiation. So you could have a person with great detox snips. Nothing's out of balance, but this one, the NR1I2 is out of balance and they're not able to initiate the pathways, right? So these are really important. There's also another one, PON1, which has to do with pesticides and herbicides and especially can have problems with the heart when that enzyme isn't working properly. Then we have two other master antioxidants, SOD and catalase. And so when you have someone who has disruptions, potential disruptions in these pathways because their genes are showing SNPs, then you want to be really careful and watch and do some fancy testing so that you know, are these really activated? So how do you test, right? So there's a couple of ways. One, there's a test called the organic acid, which is also part of NutraVal and Metabolomics. And there's a number of companies that do organic acids. And they test for a lot of these detoxification pathways. And they'll talk about how well they're actually doing, right? So you can have the genes, but then the activation is got to be looked at. So that's a great test to look at. So then on the blood test, there's the whole liver section, right? So you have AST, ALT, alkaline phosphatase. And one of the most important ones that people leave out these days, a lot of doctors are just leaving out GGT. GGT has been known for being able to tell for detoxification or toxicity from alcohol, but also the level of toxins in the body. And then we have things that are methylation markers like elevated homocysteine, elevated MCV, mean corpuscular volume. So if you test these things and you find a bunch of these detoxification SNPs maybe active based on the lab testing, then you've got to do something about it, right? So, you know, this is a topic that we could go on for days on, but we're going to just keep it short and sweet and give you a starting point. So here's what I look at. You'll look at the genetics. You see what kinds of detoxification SNPs are present. Then you look at the labs to see what of these detoxification SNPs are actually active based on the labs. And then you guide people. You educate people as to how to avoid the various substances that are detoxed by the pathways that seem to be not activated well. So clean up, environmental cleanup, which you should be doing with everybody anyway, but cleaning up the household products, getting rid of the toxic household products so we're not breathing in all this kind of toxic fumes that the liver can't even handle. Avoiding, you know, grains and, and peanuts if there's somebody that may have an aflatoxin issue right? And then we want to clean it up, right? Teach them how to use vinegar and baking soda as cleaning products, right? Instead of all this toxic stuff. And there's a lot of good non-toxic products. Teach them how to find good organic skincare products and makeup and shampoos. One of the things that you also want to teach them to do is avoid food additives and toxins in the food supply. So alcohol, caffeine, sugar, they all have a load on the body and we want to detox. We want to lighten the toxic load. I call it everyday detox. And I have a whole module in our programs for clients that teaches them about does everyday detox look like. So avoiding caffeine, sugar. Alcohol, processed fats, like those hydrogenated fats, and heated processed fats, uh, trans fats, uh, refined carbohydrates, and all the food like that comes in packages and has BHT and you know all kinds of additives and preservatives, those are all gonna affect those pathways and put a strain on those pathways. I personally also recommend people avoid common allergens just because it creates an inflammatory process in the body. So like gluten, dairy, corn, soy, eggs, peanuts, those are really important to avoid to minimize the burden on the body. We want to avoid processed meats with the nitrites and all sorts of stuff, the bologna and the salami and all that. If they're going to eat meat, they need to be ordering organic, pastured, free range type of meat that doesn't have all those additives to it. And the preservatives, right? Read the labels. Teach your people. Put a class together to teach your people how to read the labels and avoid these toxic additives that are going to stress their detox pathways. There's artificial colors and flavors in so many things. If we can avoid those, it's going to lighten the toxic burden. It's going to lighten the load. Some people are going to be sensitive to nightshades. If so, you avoid those. So any kinds of foods, salicylates, nightshades, oxalates that they may be sensitive to, identify those and eliminate those. And then of course, medications, right? Unless they're on uh, absolutely life-saving medications, help them to work with their doctors to get off of medications that they don't absolutely need because they go down these detox pathways, right? And then of course, Things like lunch meat. I grew up on bologna and ham sandwiches and frankfurters, hot dogs. Ugh, those are the worst things, right? So we help people to get off of all of that kind of stuff. And we talk to them about how important it is, especially for women with breasts and uteruses and other estrogen sensitive tissue in the body, but also men because. Men can get breast cancer too. And when we have excesses of of these hormone disruptors in their food and they don't detoxify them well, men can end up with breast cancer, but also prostate cancer. So we wanna reduce the risks for our patients. So we wanna look at some of these. And there's a bunch of toxins that actually impact the ability of the body to methylate. And when we can't methylate, it leads to a whole host of problems. And you can look that up and study that. It's everything from exhaustion and fatigue and anemia, all the way to miscarriages and stillbirths and things like that. So we really wanna make sure that these methylation pathways aren't overly taxed. So things like pesticides, fertilizers, automobile fumes, BHA, bisphenol A, phthalates, these are preservatives that are added to lots of the food and lots of the chemical sprays and stuff that people use. POPs, persistent organic pollutants, jet fuel, not that many of us are standing on the runways very often, but you know, jet fuel for people who are pilots or in the industry, they're going to be exposed to that a lot. Benzene, we see that a lot in chemicals, people who work in plants, uh, mold toxins like aflatoxin. And these are things that we can avoid and we have to make choices, teach people to make choices to avoid heavy metals like arsenic and mercury and cadmium and lead all have an effect. And when those detox pathways, those methylation pathways are impaired, we've got work to do. There's a lot you can do to help people to have a phase out program. So I created a chart for my folks. And it's basically, I have them list all the products that have toxic ingredients. And I have a chart that's really cool. And it shows it's from like, the uh, environmental working group or something like that, that shows where all these hormone disruptors are in their food and in their hair supply and their body supply and their environment stuff. And so you list all the products that may contain toxic ingredients. You have them actually read everything. And what are some alternatives, right? There's so many good books back in the day, 35 years ago, when I first started getting into health. There was a book by Deborah Lindad, which showed you exactly how to make these products and replace your products with things that you ordinarily have at home non toxic ingredients. So I have them list alternative products. Or these days, it's so easy to just go into a health food store, Whole Foods or whatever else, or online and find alternatives to these toxic ingredients and then have them have a plan. Some of them are going to go, I want it out of me right away. So they just throw everything away. Others are like, well, I got a half a bottle left of this and I have three quarters of a bottle left of this. Fine. You help them to put together a phase out plan. So... I'll just throw in a few other things that you can help people to add to their diets. And I highly recommend that you look some of these up and study them. You know, you don't have to become a functional herbalist to be good at this, but there's some that they could just include into their diets, like artichoke leaf. And I don't mean the the, leaf, the part that we suck the good stuff out of, not the leaves of the plant. So if you live in California during artichoke harvesting time, you'll probably just get them for free on the side of the road. Um, burdock root. Burdock, buying most grocery stores, at least most of the gourmet type stores, but they look like long skinny potatoes. They look kind of like the shape of a carrot, but they're dark on the outside and you have to scrape them real well, but they are so, so supportive of liver. Dandelion, you can do the leaves or the root. Um, I love putting dandelion greens in my salads and in my smoothies and all. And then with the roots, you make tea, teach them how to make these tea. And then the last one I want to look at is hawthorn berry. We always think about hawthorn berry as a heart stabilizer, right? It's good for blood pressure. It's good for uh, heart strength, the strength of the heart muscle, right? That's hawthorn berries. And you can actually buy dried hawthorn berries from someplace like Mountain Rose Herbs and other herb suppliers. And when you buy them, you just soak them. I usually will boil some water pour it over them. Let them sit and steep for 15 minutes or so. Now they're nice and soft. Drain them and then put them into a smoothie, put them into a pudding, just put them into places where, you know, they can be blended in. It's really a good heart strengthener, but it's an amazing detoxification herb. So, that's the end of our presentation today. And I know that you care because you're here listening, and you want to help people truly get well. And there's so much talk about genetics these days. And there's so many companies that are saying, just run my genetic report and I'll give you a custom supplement program. That's not how it works, right? We have to look to see which of those SNPs might be impacting them. What are the habits that are going to stress those pathways that they have those genetic SNPs for? So it's a little bit more than that. But when you take it on, when you take on the mission of educating people on how to eat, what to eat, what to avoid. To avoid toxic overload, then you're going to be considered the hero that helps people to get well, even though they haven't been well in a very, very long time. And I don't know about you, but that's what I'm here for. So go ahead and check out our page, uh, ionymethod.com and learn more about how we can support you with this. Visit the other episodes in the podcast. We have a ton of them on genetics and uh, cleansing and all this. So please enjoy all the resources we're putting out there. And until next time, shine on! Thanks for listening to Reinvent Healthcare. We are part of a movement to change healthcare for the better. If you liked this episode, leave a rating and a review. And for more resources to support you in growing a thriving and fulfilling practice, visit our website at inemethod.com.